0: Welcome to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob.
1: And I think about the same things every hole, off the tee, into the green, and on the greens. And when you complete that process over and over and over and over again, you should end up well at the end of the season. And that's just how how I look at it, is if I'm playing great and not making any putts, I know if I continue to do that over the next however many holes I've left, if I make the cut, great, if I miss the cut, great. It's really irrelevant because it's about completing the process Every time that you're
2: golfing, this podcast is brought to you by LiveMomentous.com. Leading the way in human performance is Live Momentous. For listening today, you get a discount at checkout. Enter the code DRB20, that's DRB, the number 20, for 20% off your order. Live Momentous. Optimize, perform, recover. So our guest today on the Mental Toughness podcast has been on the PJ Tour since 2018, turned pro in 2015. This season, he has five top tens, two second place finishes. He is top 50 in the overall world golf rankings, has a new son, AJ, Adam Cole, with his lovely wife, Courtney. Uh, Our guest, good friend of mine, is Adam Shank. Adam, my man, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us, bud, taking the time.
1: Absolutely. Dr. Bell, happy to, happy to come on and be a, be a guest.
2: So I don't like to timestamp the videos. So if I talk about like what's going on right now, a year from now, it's not going to be as evergreen as what it is. So, however, um, I think with the tournament that you're in right now. So again, I'll, I'll base it. Like we're talking on a Friday afternoon, you start the tournament off, you shoot 73, um, you have an early bogey today and then you rattle off six birdies coming in, shoot 65, um, will make the cut, you know, with that, share with us, like your mindset, when you are over par, you know, you need to get stuff going. Um, talk to us about like that mentality, just specifically on, on a day like today. It's
1: a good question. So, you know, you need to get something going, the golf course played Honestly, pretty hard this morning, especially starting on the back nine. If you miss the fairway on 11, you can't get there. If you miss the fairway on 10, you can probably not get there as well. And it was not raining, but it was a mist, So the golf course just played difficult. The ball was not going far and I didn't hit a bad shot on 11 and I knew I was already three of a par, right? And I know the cut's going to be one or two under and I hit it a foot in the left rough on 11 Hack it out short, hit a good chip, six feet, miss it. And I'm thinking in a good sense that my week is probably over because I'm one over par, three over par yesterday, four over par total, not my favorite golf course. Not that I'm playing poorly, but I'm not making putts. And the only thing that I can control is the situations that I'm putting myself in that I end up in is, really just controlling those on the way in and doing the best I can with every situation that I have. And Brett and I did a really good job of that. And I told him, walk it down 10 fairway. Let's just see how many greens we can hit today. It's not my favorite course. I think everyone that is close to me kind of knows that, um, but there's still a PGA tour tournament. They're giving away a lot of FedEx cut points. They're giving away a lot of money and you want to play well. You don't, nobody likes the miscuts. cuts and we just really grinded it out and I missed several sh- shorter putts, even on the front nine, missed a four footer on 17. That was another one where momentum was really starting to go our way a little bit, started to hit some better shots, hit it in there to f- four and a half feet, straight down the hill. I just had to tickle the putt, hit a good putt and it misses left. And it's like, darn, that was one where if I do end up missing the cut, it's going to be most likely, you know, by one, um, I, th- I actually thought the cut was going to be even par, and then the weather started to improve. And luckily we birdied 18 hit a great 900 in there from like 160 yards and missed a f- seven, eight footer on one. And that was one I really feel like I had to make because there's not that many birdie opportunities I feel like on this course. And we just kept grinding, kept grinding. Um, hit a really poor shot on three, the wrong club and hit a bad shot. And it was actually, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been here but hole three is a par three. For the folks listening, it's like 175 yards. Wind was supposed to be off the right and into a little bit or off the right. And I tried to cut a seven and I pulled it, hooked it. And it's actually out of bounds. It's rolling on the road. That's like 20 yards over the green. And it actually rolls back. And the ball, the road is out of bounds. But my ball is hanging over the edge of the road, touching grass, which means it is in bounds. So I hit it off the road that's out of bounds to like, I don't know, 18 feet and make it. So that was obviously pretty pivotal. And next I'll make another 20-footer, the par five. And I pulled up my phone to look at um, data golf, which tells you what the cut's going to be. And obviously looking at the cut, knowing what it's going to be necessarily doesn't help me any, but I like to know what the cut's going to be. And then I saw it was going to be, I thought it was going to be minus one. And I looked and saw it was going to be minus two. So I'm like, well, shit, I, I need three birdies coming in now. So birdie the par five. I hit the almost fluid in the hole on six. I had like 180, hit a draw seven iron, hit the bottom of the flag, landed on the bottom of the flag and then bounced left, went to like 15 feet, um, two putt from there. I had a really difficult shot on seven and had a good up and down, hit a bad tee shot and then birdied the last two. I know it's kind of a long-winded story, but we Brett mentioned how far along we'd come this week and we grinded, 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 not had much good things happen. And we had 12, 15 feet on the last hole. And it was just really fortunate to see that puck go in to make the cut because we'd worked so hard and hadn't gotten much out of it. And his son's here and we're having a blast. So it was really a bonus to get two more rounds of golf. And if you just start stacking up good shots, good, good thought processes you know, it's most likely going to lead to some good results. And then all the decisions we made, all of the situations we put ourselves in and doing the best we can truly with each and every hole, it added up to six under the last 16 holes, which was really a good golf for me um, on this golf course. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way I look at it.
2: So when you had it, um, knowing you needed to get stuff going, weather wasn't great, not the favorite track you kind of changed your focus to let's just see how many greens we can hit. Um, like you aware of that? Like, I mean, at the time it's not like, all right, man, let's just make a couple, but it's, I mean, you just changed that whole mentality into, all right, let's just start hitting some good golf shots.
1: Kind of that was walking up the first hole. I was telling Brett, I'm like, look, let's just hit a bunch of greens today, because I feel like so many times how I've played in the past and what I see people out here do is you, you, you shoot not a great first round, but then you just try and be too aggressive and that changes right. like golf. And you may make a lot of birdies, but you're also going to make one or two bogeys that you shouldn't. And just because if you make two bogeys and you shouldn't, now you have to make two more birdies to make up for that. So if you just don't make silly mistakes and it's so much easier said than done because silly mistakes are going to happen because golf is just too hard. And there's too many variables that are not controllable by you, especially when it's raining and there's so much moisture on the ground that really affects how golf is played. And that was walking in full 10. I'm like, look, let's just not beat ourselves. Let's try and make birdies, but let's just try and hit as many greens as possible. And at this point I'm thinking even par's going to make the cut and it turns mm-hmm. out it's going to be two under, but that gives me the best chance to shoot three or four under and we bogey 11. I mean, I didn't hit a bad drive, but didn't hit a bad second shot chip or putt in my opinion, but all after my first five shots, I was still four feet from the hole, whether I had good shots or bad shots. And the process didn't change from there on in. Um, I just tried to hit a bunch of greens and make good decisions and be aggressive when I could, um, taking on risk, mitigating risk um, when the shot fit my eye or if I had a good number. And we did a really good job of that. And
2: when you mentioned we, that, like on the part three, what's that? Sorry, Go ahead.
1: And well, I, I said we did, did a good job of that the last 16 holes. We did a great job of that all day. It just didn't work on on hole 11, just missing the fairway by, um, you know, a foot in the left rough, you know, long, wet Bermuda roughs, fine. It's wet Bermuda rough that's not okay to hit out of. And it was just a difficult golf hole, and we made bogey. So, not, not the end of the world, but not the ideal start you need when you're three over par, five shots off the cut line
2: um how much I mean because you you were definitely a realist in terms of knowing you for so many years I mean you have a you always take an objective view I think of how you play and how situations are on that par three with that ball um you know just in bounds how much uh, does luck play into overall results a lot
1: at this level a lot I mean, if you're there, there's, there's certain golfers in this world that are just consistently better than everybody else. There's a handful of, maybe there's 20, maybe there's 10. I don't know what it is. And I'm trying to put myself in that group, but this golf course is, is it's always been difficult for me. It's a very fair golf course, but today my ball could have just easily been out of bounds and I am, I'm going to make five. I've, I've already hit my second shot. I already hit my provisional ball. It's 20 feet behind um, the pin to the left on the fringe. So I'm most likely gonna two putt that. So I'm gonna miss the cut. And then even on the next hole, I, I chip, hit a good chip, make the 15 footer, whatever it was. The next hole, I hit, I hit it in the right rough as well. And if I have a bad lie, I'm not able to get to the green, but I drew a good line in the rough and I flew it on the green and it took the slope down. Another 18, 20 footer made that. So I was just talking with Brett, walking up to the next tee tee. I'm like, hey, you know, it's just crazy how much luck is involved in golf because my ball could have easily been out of bounds and I could have drawn a bad lie in the rough and not made birdie. So that's three strokes of luck that, that went my way or I'd be sitting here. um, Instead of talking you, got to be driving to the airport to catch a flight right now. So it it does, but you have to look at it. Everyone's going to get unlucky. Everyone's going to get lucky. And you just have to understand that that's a major part of the game and you have to use that to your advantage. So if you're getting unlucky, you hope you, you hope you get all your good breaks at once. And I feel like that's the way mine have come and, and gone. Like I get a, a lot of bad breaks in a row where nothing really good's happening. And then I have weeks where I've played well, where those are the weeks where you need good breaks. You need two or three, you know, you chip in, you make two or three 30 footers. And those are the weeks when it's important to, you know, un- understand that, Hey, I'm catching some good breaks. I'm going to keep, keep making good decisions. I'm going to, you know do the same process that i you know have every other tournament but when you are catching those good breaks that's when it's important to take advantage of them because it's i I could have just easily shot one under par or even today but um we made a few putts had a good break with the ball being in bounds and we're you know maybe around 40th place and have a chance to go you know hopefully make some noise this weekend
0: Looking, if you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated, then visit our website drrobbell.com and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment.
2: Um, I mean, one of the one of the strengths, obviously, you hit it well. Uh, you hit it far, but one of your strengths and the part that I love is the strength when it comes to your putting, um, when you're out there and you just know that you're putting it well, what kind of extra confidence or, or comfort does that give you knowing that, um, you know, that you're just a good putter?
1: It helps a lot. I, I feel like I'm really, really good at starting at where I'm aimed now that's what I try and do my stroke. I know the couple things that go wrong in my stroke, how to fix them. If I'm pushing them, if I'm pulling them, I know what to do. And I just try and hit it where I'm aimed. And from there, it's picking out a spot where we're going to start it and roll it over. And I've tend, I tend to be a streaky putter, which I think most people are because you can hit just as good a putts that don't go in as go as go in. It's a lot of putting is probably mostly luck. Now, whoever puts the best, over the course of a season is going to get the luckiest. So from one tournament to the next or one day to the next, it's a lot about luck because I think I gained, you know, 0.8 shots or almost a shot today um, on the greens, but I made a lot of putts and I missed a lot of short ones, but tomorrow they could all go in or they could all not go in. I'm still uh, Brett and I go through a process. We pick out what we're aiming it at, where it's going to roll over. And I try and match that lineup to the speed um, that I need to hit it to make it. And, that it gives me comfort to know if i've got 8 feet up the hill on really good greens that i'm probably i'm probably going to make it i should I feel like i should make it and that's an expectation that i've given myself because i've done it so many times or if i get aimed correctly and it's a pretty straight putt like i sh- i feel like i should make it and i'm not trying to put extra pressure on myself because sometimes when you feel like you should make a putt there's added expectation added pressure and that's not good but I look at it in the sense of like, all right, it's a straight putt. I know where I'm aimed because Brett's told me that I back off and I put my putter back down and, and put it back down the exact same way I had it. And I've seen the results so many times that putt going in. I genuinely think I'm going to make that putt. I'm not adding extra pressure to myself, but I am expecting that ball to go in the hole.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I appreciate that answer, man, for sure. I mean, you talk about without into end your process, controlling what you can't control. With the mental skill of patience, um, I mean, you knew I was going to bring this up, but you know, it's one thing about talking about; it, it's another about, you know, implementing mm. it. How do you go about implementing, you know, that mental skill specifically of just patience?
1: So I think about things like I've obviously Brett Swedberg's my caddy, and David Cook was helped me before uh, him, and David also still caddies for me a little bit um, when Brett is spending time at home with his family, and. I just look at patience as a year-long thing. You know, your goal is not to, to do this for a tournament, to do it for a month. You you complete your process for a whole year, and there's not as many variables. There's not as many outliers when you look at, you know, a body of work that's a year, year long. You know, luck, factoring in for one tournament, making putts, not playing good, playing good, it's not important for one week in a sense. You obviously want to play it every week. But if you look at the process of doing it every hole, how am I gonna get off the tee? You know, what am I good at? Is there anything that I'm trying to avoid? And you just really think critically. And this is how I have to play golf because I'm not as good as a lot of people out here. So I have to beat it by being smarter. And I think about the same things, every hole off the tee into the green and on the greens. And when you complete that process over and over and over and over again, you should end up well at the end of the season. And that's just how how I look at it is if I'm playing great and not making any putts, I know if I continue to do that over the next, however many holes I've left, if I make the cut, great. If I miss the cut, great. It's really irrelevant because it's about completing the process every time that you're golfing. And if it doesn't work out this tournament, it's going to hopefully work out next tournament. And then when you get in contention, when you get a few breaks, that's when it's important for you to be at your best. And the only way that I know how to be fully prepared for that moment is to whether you're five over par or five under par, you're completing the same process. So when you do get that moment, when you have that, you know, your it factor, your it moment, are you gonna be ready? That is the only way I know how to be ready is to just do the same things that I've been doing. It's not like, oh, I'm in this situation now. Now I really need to start focusing on every shot or now I need to do my best. Like if I'm three over par, three under par if I'm leading by five or losing by five it's it's really sounds weird to say but it's
2: it's 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 irrelevant mm-hmm. yeah you have a new son AJ you talk about um you know perspective right I mean you and if you mentioned it before I mean you would you know I mean there'd be times that you think about him out there on the course um talk to us about like you know, what have you experienced with the birth of your son and the power of like perspective and gratitude when it comes to like your overall mental game and, and how you're performing?
1: Absolutely. Perspective and just gratefulness, um, thankfulness because in the big scheme of things, I mean, I've, I've kind of done a lot in the professional golf world. I've done everything except win. So winning's the next step for me, but sometimes I find myself just thinking about AJ and just thinking of a smile on FaceTime. And that's, you know, very relaxing. If, I mean, I care deeply about how I play. I really do. I, you know, everyone gets to see the number I post and I take a lot of pride in that, but if I do miss a cut, I get to go home and see him. So it's not a bad consolation prize. And like I said, at the end of the day, it's, it's really, it's not irrelevant if I make or miss the cut, but if I'm doing the correct things, if I'm preparing the way I I know how, And I'm putting in maximum effort. If I miss the cut, it just didn't work out that week. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm showing up, not being prepared, showing up late, not working hard, then missing the cut, and that's not okay. So there there is a difference. But this week, showed up, and we really put in a lot of work. I, I improved so much from Tuesday to the end of the day. And getting to FaceTime him and my wife before the round and I I didn't get to talk to him, um, yet today, but I can't wait to see him. my my wife, Courtney sent me a bunch of pictures of him. Um, so he's just so cute and I can't wait to get home and see him. So even on my pot on the last hole from maybe at 15 feet, um, you know, I wanted to make it really, really badly. And, but all the while knowing if I do miss it, it, it's, it's still, it's still okay. It's not life or death. Mm -hmm. And it can be tough when you want something so bad and that's all you're focused on. Sometimes it's harder to achieve that. So if you can somehow take your mind off of it and still focus on something else that is going to give you the best chance to produce that result. I think that's what people that are really, really elite do well. And that's what I think I try and do is just focus on the situation at hand, not knowing, you know, whether it's going to go in, or not whether I'm going to hit the fairway with the drive, or where, whether I'm going to hit this pitching wedge close. But as long as my thought process is correct, and I'm doing the correct things, then the the outcome is honestly irrelevant. Because if I keep stacking good decisions and playing the whole, playing the shot that's most of the time meant to be played, and knowing what shot I'm going to hit over the course of a season, over the course of a tournament, I'm going to come out. Um, I'm going to come out on top. And I'm going to give myself the best chance to play good. And that's what I think um, David and I, Brett and I have done a really good job of this year.
2: Hey, it is what it is.
1: It's irrelevant. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. As long as you're doing the right, I mean, you have to be doing right. the right thing. You have to know what goal you're working towards in your golf swing and, 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 you know, product result of your golf shots. It's very complicated. It's a lot of work that's gone in over the 10 years. And it's just now starting to get a little better and I'm getting a lot more comfortable in situations Mm -hmm. because I'm a learner. But I guess better late than never.
2: So what I've seen is you've always had good rounds out there on tour. Um, But it was, you know, you go from like 50th and then there'll be some 25th, 30th place finishes. Now, hey, there's um, obviously the fifth, but you're staying up there. Even if you start off 30th, you know, you're 20th and, you know, you're finishing fifth or, or you, you know, you're contending there at the end. Um, before coming on, I spoke with uh, with Coach Rob Bradley at Purdue, your alma mater, because I asked him, I said, what question do you want me to ask? And he said, ask him what's changed. Um, so I need to kind of put that out there and you take it in any direction you want, but what have you felt has um, helped you Perform your best this season,
1: so it goes back to what I said of you know, I think the only way that you get better at something is to do it over and over again and fail. and you yeah I try not look at miscuts. I try not look at failures at failures. I think you maybe you've mentioned this before of like, you know, if I miss a cut, then it, in a sense, golf has told me what I need to get better at. I know what I've done well, and I have 36 holes of results of missing a cut that shows me what I need to get better at. So I take those test results and I implement them for the next week. Now I don't completely, if I play terrible, I play terrible. I might just completely throw the baby out with the bath water and just start over next week. But if I was close and just didn't make some putts and didn't have you know, maybe a few good breaks happen that I needed to, then I have something to build off of and I use what I did well. And I try and continue that. And I take what I did poorly and try and figure out that for the next week. And then building like a uses, like a full circle. I'm building a process and I might have three fourths of the circle that week, but as soon as it does come together, that's when I need to be at my best and have my, you know, try to complete my circle for that week. Cause when you have a chance to win, that's when it's nice to continue to play well. And obviously everyone's goal out here every week is to win. And I haven't done that yet. And a lot of my friends have, and I'm getting close. And I've been in the top five and top 10 a lot after one, two, sometimes three rounds, but then it's fallen off and finished 10th to 30th. And it's hard. Golf's very hard, golf's very hard out here. There's so many good players. And if you're just a little off your game, you're going to get passed. So how do I stay in the top five? How do I stay in the top 10? Well, I play so many tournaments where I finish 20th and I'm like, oh, I gave away three shots or oh, I gave away two shots here. Or, oh, I finished, four, I missed the cut by one I gave away three shots. So what's the easiest way to stop giving away shots is every time I'm in a situation, I handle that situation, whether it's off the tee, into the green, in position with a green light, out of position, complete red light. I just handle that and don't give away anything to my competitors, don't give an inch. And that's that's been the difference of, all right, you've made two birdies in your last three holes, you're in fourth place and you're turning the back nine, it's it's irrelevant. If you've got a birdie hole, go make a birdie. If you got a par hole, find a way to make par. Don't just, okay, if I shoot even par, or if I shoot one on the way in, I should finish in the top 10. Like it, it's, where you finish is completely irrelevant. And it's taken me a while to, it's just, oh, oh well, just don't think about where you're going to finish and just hit the next shot. Yeah, it's it's so easy in principle, but like acting on it is the part I've gotten better at and just really and having, you know, David and Brett really keep me accountable of, hey, you know, things aren't going the way we want to. Where I'm a John Deere, one over through 10 maybe. And I'm like, look, Brett, let's just hit a bunch of greens in the way in. That frees me up. I'm generally a good putter. If I hit 16, 15 greens, I'm going to play well around. And what do you know? The next hole we have a gap wedge, finally get a good number, hit six feet, make the putt. Maybe make two or three more birdies coming in and we finish fourth. So it's just getting back to, all right, I'm going to forget what I am. I was, you know, second or third going into the round. And now we're, I don't know. I think I was in like 24th place. And it's easy to let it snowball from there and try and get too aggressive and make maybe make a couple birdies coming in, but I'm also probably going to make a silly bogey or two and then be really disappointed in myself. So it's just getting back to, because you can't be perfect all the time. It's it's really important to realize when you're getting too far, you know, you're maybe getting too aggressive or maybe your attitude's slipping or you keep being too aggressive with the putter and you're hitting them four or five feet by because these greens are really fast this week. So it's really important to I think this doesn't get recognized enough. It's really important to understand when you are getting off of your game plan a little bit and get back on it. And that's what we did at John Deere. And that's what we did today, restarting. It's crazy how, if you can, I'm just going to see how many greens I can hit today or how many fairways I can hit today. And from there, generally a lot of low scores, you know, will be shot in in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. another very long-winded answer, but that's... That's the difference of being, you know, average out here, becoming, you know, a good player and then becoming elite is, yep. you know, I'm striving to be.
2: What, um, what are a couple of those mistakes that really, really bother you when you kind of look back?
1: So I had one on hole seven. It was like 220 wind. The wind was supposed to be down off the left. But we had the wind like left to right. It was it was left to right, almost into. And I've got five iron. I actually had I had a str- I've got a strong four iron in my bag. So I go two iron, strong four iron, five iron. So it's a three and a half iron in a sense and then five iron. So that's too much. So I have to hit five iron, but the wind's off the left, back middle, left pin, left's dead. And I tried to hit a shot with a little bit of a stronger club face to get a little extra out of it and turn it too far left and was in a terrible position, probably gonna make bogey. Potted up there, the balls rolled terribly through these fringes because it's really old school, grain Bermuda. It's a very nasty grass and rolls back to me. Same putt again, stops on the fringe, two putt, make five. So I really didn't hit. And then we get up there and we can feel the wind being down off the left, which is where it's supposed to be, which means a five iron, normal normal swing stop would have been great, but I just messed it up. I said a terrible shot. And then from there, I, I didn't think, all right, you know, this putt, I've putted in these fringes before, it sucks, ball doesn't roll. So I could have, I, I should have, knowing that I should have hit it a little harder than I thought, given myself 15 feet per par and made bogey, most likely. But I got greedy and it's not that I forgot about the process, I just didn't care because I was upset and wanted to try and steal one back and it cost me a shot. I already cost myself a shot with the five iron. That's the shot to be mad about. Now just get the ball back in play, and I let it slip. And I knew that the whole week, because walking up the last hole, I'm like, I'm like, if I just wouldn't have done that on hole seven, I'd be fine. And but it happens.
2: Yeah. Uh, So the mistakes that that sit with you the most are like when emotion gets involved, gets you out of your process.
1: And yeah, can a lot of times for just not not. Not realizing all the factors of where's the wind at, where are we trying to land it, where can I miss it, what do I feel comfortable doing? That's kind of my four little step process of mm-hmm. where's the wind, how far do I need to land it, you know, what do I feel comfortable doing, and what's the shot calling for, and where can I miss it? So there's you know, it's easy to forget about one step. Like I I forgot to look at the compass once today and it's it. I had the you know the wind the wind switches a little bit out here too. So it's it was fairly windy and switching so that makes it a little more complicated but yes when emotion gets involved that is when bad things happen a lot of times and i think that's when you can take the emotion out of it um by the time it's by the time it's time to hit your next shot because john Rom gets plenty pissed off i mean he's as fiery as they come spanish um obviously a great player um but by the time he hits his next shot he still might be pissed but he's putting that aggression towards hitting a good shot on the next Shot, not necessarily being overly aggressive or hitting some shot that's so unrealistic. He's putting that anger towards being better on the next shot. And he's really best in the world. I mean, him and Scotty. So it's
2: tough to be. When you're referring to like the circle being complete and when you're being at your best, and say if it was three fourths complete that week and it didn't work out, you know, just looking. And knowing how you are as a player and as a person, I mean, three fourths of your top tens in your career have come after a miscut. Um, what what edge have you seen that that gives you leading into the next week?
1: I just don't use bad golf as I mean, I might I might pout, I might mope for a little bit, but I use it as motivation. I just it's 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 giving me the answers to the next test before the next mm-hmm. test. I take what I did good. It's so simple. It's so simple in theory, it's 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 much harder, simple, not easy, I guess, is the word you'd use. I think we've talked about that before. yeah, but it's, it's not completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You did a lot of good. And if you can use that as motivation to understand that you were close and you just need to do a few things a little better, I think that that's the best way to think about that. And that's honestly how I've been my whole life is I don't I try not to get too down and understanding that playing good golf and bad golf the line is so thin the line is so thin between finishing 30th and fourth and if you can just be patient and wait and complete your process because make like i made three putts for example i go back to uh waste management made like i think three putts over 30 feet i chipped in chip in and the two putts over 30 feet were before i even Made the cut, so those were on Thursday, Friday. If I don't do those, I think I might make the cut on the number. Or it's close, but I think I finished 18th or 20th. If I don't have those three shots of luck, in a sense, happen, I finished 45th and 50th. So, like the only difference between me playing playing good is looking at results or what somebody else tells you. You don't have to look at the results to know how you played. If you if you played good and you didn't have the results, then, then that's okay. You played good, but it's, it's tricky looking to see, you know, if I finished at the top 30, I played good. Well, I I finished 20th, but I had three shots of luck. I made three putts over 30 feet. That doesn't happen very often. So the leaderboard says you played good. Everybody texts you saying, yeah, I played good, but like I didn't do anything different than the next week when I finished 50th. Mm -hmm. So it's tricky because your mind's going to tell you that 50th isn't good. 40th isn't good. 30th isn't good. You know, you should have been better, but at the same time, it's understanding that that's sometimes out here on tour, with my talent level and what I'm good at. sometimes thirtieth or 40th is a great week for me, and I don't think enough people realize that that enough people realize that and how important it is to stay patient and just keep doing what you're doing if you're doing the right things, and wait for us to go in, wait for a good break to happen. Confidence gets high. And then you just still complete your process the rest of the time. But that's the difference of not complaining, not getting down on yourself and just being a career grinder, which is what I am. And Mm -hmm. I've got better this year, but that's, that's the kind of golf I have to play in order to be successful and give myself the best chance to, to win.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think one of your superpowers is your ability to, Take a step out of yourself. Objectively look at the kind of the situation, and then be able to assess it. Um, take emotion out of it. Um, I, I think that's a superpower of you because you spoke about many times. If you were a caddy, you would be the best caddy out there.
1: I don't know. I don't know about that. I I, I don't know about that. But I I think I think I think I could help. I'd help. I think I could help because I know how I felt. I know what players go through, I know the emotions, and it's really easy to make a plan and it's just really hard to stick to it. But over the course of a season, I think that Mm -hmm. honesty is a great thing. Knowing your limitations is a great thing. Um, Because if you don't, then you don't know exactly what you're, you know, not being careful, but there's certain spots where the shot that is called for and the potential miss And the shot that a person is able to hit and their potential miss don't line up and they have to, you have to be smart or else you're going to make a quick five or quick six. And that's, you know, those trouble situations are what you have to, to get by, because if you're good at something, if it's 140 yards in the fairway, everyone's pretty good at that shot. There's a thousand more players in the world that are good at that shot. You're not going to separate your, I mean, you might make it, you might hit it to a foot. That's great. But over the course of thousand shots from 140 yards like everyone's kind of the same like you're not no one's that that much better than anybody else maybe scotty or rom or i don't know but it's the combination of all those decisions that you make and getting by your trouble areas is most likely what's going to define you mm-hmm. like a trouble area for me i'm not a great fader into the wind i like to hit quick pulls so like a back right pin with trouble right into the wind oof makes me nervous, gives me the shakes. So I figured out that shot, what I need to feel at two or three different things. And then you add in the side slope, maybe it's a crosswind, maybe it's a, a half a club, maybe the, you know, the slopes, the golf course, where can I actually miss the ball? And it's, that's when it gets complicated and it's important to do, you, you don't know how much time you've got 40 seconds, to basically hit your golf shot, maybe a minute if you take long, but like there's a lot of information to process very quickly and having a little bit of a plan going into it um, helps me a lot because sometimes when things get going fast out here, it's, it can be really hard to slow down. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Growing up and then throughout your career, were you ever told uh, that you weren't good enough? Mm, Not really. I don't
1: think, I mean, I probably told myself I wasn't good enough more than anybody else, which I'm kind of self-deprecating a lot of times. i I, <laughs> I say a lot of things I don't necessarily mean. Um, which I don't know how good that is or bad. I, I it, as long as it doesn't affect your next shot, I guess it's probably not that big a deal. but if it if you're if it is affecting your next shot or you're coming across as whiny, i don't I don't like that because I've seen how other people act sometimes. I'm like, that looks bad. I've acted like that before. I've looked bad. So I don't want to look like that again. So, I try and not let myself get to that point, but everyone does. Like I tomahawked a a, a 60 degree yesterday into the, into the rough. Probably didn't look very great, but I was so mad. I didn't care what anybody said. I was just going to, I just stuck in the ground. I had 160 yards left on 17 Hit a terrible two iron really bad actually. And couldn't get to the green because the rough is so damn thick out here. And I, Hit a nine iron out. Handed, didn't slam that club. Didn't break it. Handed breath the next. Handed breath the nine iron. Took the sixty, and then it finally got to me, and I stuck it in the ground. I threw it down and pulled it out, and it's all muddy. Wipe it off, chip it up to eight feet. You know, miss it, whatever. not not important. But, um, it happens. But it goes back to, like I said, recognizing when it's slipping, and it's going to slip. I try, I told Brett today, I may I mentioned this earlier, but I try and be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. But the closest thing you can get to try to being perfect is if you try and be perfect. You're not going to ever accomplish it. Your attitude's always going to slip a little bit. You're going to make some emotional decisions. It's just golf. It just happens. It's too hard, too many variables. But limiting and realizing when it's happening in the moment and fixing it is more important than anything,
2: I mm-hmm. believe. Um has it been a situation of cuz your good golf has has always been good and i think your overall level has improved and you've kind of mentioned this before but has it been a result just of this season of just cleaning up the bad rounds and not making as many mistakes
1: absolutely um, it's just making less mistakes cuz everyone's good golf is really good mm-hmm. it doesn't your corn ferry canadian tour or playing a west florida event like if you go and play in a west florida event and you don't play well for one, you're not going to win. Two, you're probably not going to finish in the top five or ten. You might not even make the cut. There's so many good golfers. It's figuring out how to make your bad golf better. Like you see it out here all the time, or I do at least. I'm sure everyone does too. But in a sense, you'd almost hit a hundred drivers on the range at a PGA Tour event. And how do I make my ten worst better? That's that's all it is. Like you hit a thousand three irons. Okay, whatever. What are my hundred? What are my ten percent? What are my worst shots? How do I make those better?
2: Yeah,
1: And that's basically it, because everyone's good is good. And some people's good is better than good, better than my. A lot of people's good is better than my good. But, okay, how am I going to beat them? Well, John Rahm, Scheffler, Hovland, a lot of those guys, most of the time, probably not going to beat them. I mean, it sounds bad to say, but it's just the truth. And I'm not speaking negatively on myself. I'm just telling you what the results are. There's a reason they have a thousand more FedEx cut points are more than me. There's a reason John Rahm or Scheffler has a lot more wins, and a lot more dollars in the bank account, but it doesn't mean that I give up and throw in the towel. I just have to figure out ways for myself to get better and to gain a little bit of the shots back through course management and handling my game, um, which can be hard to do when they're doing the same things that I'm doing and they're better at golf than me. So
0: sure.
1: that's that's part of the tricky where if I finish 10th and they win, they won. But in a sense, I won too, because I played the best golf that I could. And it sounds weird, but everyone has different, I've said this before, (laughs) you know, everyone has different talent levels out here, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just how it is. I'm I'm a very truthful person. Um, Very, very self-aware. And I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not. And, realizing that and putting that into a practice plan is what's made me better the last two years
2: yeah um from this season and just kind of like on outside of golf and with other people involved um, success has a thousand fathers failure is an orphan right so when you do well everyone blows you up everyone texts you tells you great job, great round few years ago when it's struggling when you're on 125 and need to play well coming in um nobody blows you up when you shoot an 82 or whatever i mean sorry 75 um what changed or what has changed or what have you seen in terms of like outside people or influences pats on the back text messages um that's changed from this year as opposed to like in the past things that you've had to now navigate that that weren't there before
1: so that's a great, a great point. And I look at it as when someone plays good, let's say Stuart McDonald plays good, shot 60 yesterday. He won last week on the Canadian tour, mm-hmm. one of my best friend, getting ready to have a baby. Um, you know, it, he's missed three cuts in a row, probably at some point this year. And I didn't reach out and say, Hey, how you doing? But as soon as he wins, I get the call. So like, I don't hold, I don't hold that absolutely against anybody because it's just how it works. If you're struggling. I can't butt in and be like, Hey, you know, what's going on. You know, I think you should do this. It's not really my place. If I'm his coach or if I'm helping him, you know, then that's my place. But like the last thing professional golfers want to hear sometimes is, Hey, you should do this, 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 and this. Cause I don't, I haven't spent time with them. I don't know. So it's not like I can help him when he's struggling, but as soon as he plays good, first thing I do is call him. So it's just how it works. And I've understood that. And, I don't get offended when I shoot 79th open and no one texts me, or if I almost win and I get 90 text messages or whatever it might be. That's just no, no hard feelings towards anybody. It's just how it works because as soon as, you know, Joe Weiler plays on the corn Ferry tour, Purdue grad first year out there, extremely, it's his first year as a professional. It's extremely hard out there. And the most of those guys have played those courses a lot and been professionals for years. It's his first year, made the first cut, struggled, struggled, struggled um they finished seventh and then you know I, I i did talk to him like a month before that but like you know as soon as he finished seventh texted me you know, great playing good job and that's i'm sure he had 100 text messages um but that's just that's just how it works and he's been getting his feet under him a lot more and, and he's playing some good golf making a lot of cuts now and it's just important oh, I'm to
2: remember- up in chicago
1: yeah it's just important to remember how hard golf is and it's it's a big picture and if you can continue to see the big picture the little stuff doesn't, it's irrelevant. And if you if I make that 12 footer or 15 footer on the nine to make the cut, that's awesome. So cool, so cool. Um, <clears throat> being here with uh, Brett and his son, giving, giving his son two extra days here, phenomenally cool. But if it misses, it, it it's not that big a deal. It, it would've just been more hurtful to have um, him go home and not get to have two more days because he's here um getting ready to go back to school just having a cool experience getting to you know got to walk inside the ropes on Tuesday and Wednesday so that's the cool part but if it does miss it's not a big deal I still fought hard I still played played great hit a good putt in the last hole whether it goes in or not isn't really <laughs> it's weird to think about but it's not really up to me right um it is but if I hit a good putt where I'm aimed I try and play the break correctly and match the speed up to it if you do that all year you're going to make a lot of putts and you're, it's also important to remember the better you putt, the more close misses you're going to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like how good Jordan Spieth putts. He makes a lot of putts. but think of all the lip outs he has or all the putts that come close, or he might, someone might putt terribly or not make any putts for, um, you know, <clears throat> a week or a day. And they, they, they miss by a ball or just, you know, barely burn the edges. Well, Spieth has days like that, that he does that, but he's lipping out and really burning the edges. So it's easier for him to get frustrated in a sense because all the putts that he does make, he's going to have more that lip out and don't go in. So that's, a point. that's important to remember.
2: It's a great point, man. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Another great point is, so like a fairway is pretty wide, right? So if you push a drive and it catches the right edge of the fairway, all is happy, right? Good, good drive, you know, good job driver. Good, good, good way to go, way to swing you got eight feet and you miss it just right. And it lips out. You know, you sometimes you're ready to burn the world down. Whereas the parameters for a driver or an iron into a green are much wider where you got to trying to put it into a golf ball, or a golf ball into a hole about the size of your mouth. So you, it's so much easier getting negative putting because the, the parameters that define success are so much smaller. So if you burn the edge from even nine feet, like her lip out, like that's a good putt. Like, There's a lot of luck to making that putt and you just didn't have it. Now, if you hit it too hard, you hit it too hard, but it's important to remember that that's not a bad putt and you can be too far on yourself a lot of times because you pull a drive and it catches the left edge of the fairway, all is good in the world. You pull a putt from seven feet and it blips out left. You're like, oh, I pull putts. I'm a terrible putter where realistically just pulled it half an inch or an inch. You didn't hit that bad a putt. We're not computers, we're not robots. So that's something I forget who told me that like a year ago. It was just, you know, something that's kind of stuck with me. And mm-hmm. I think is really important to remember. And, and that's where I say you can learn something from everybody. And if you, good and bad. So if you keep an open mind and are always willing to learn, you can, you know, you can learn a lot um, being out here on the PJ Tour, best players in the world.
2: Adam, um, one more question here. Cause I really appreciate the interview, man. It's, it's, really insightful and I've gotten a lot out of it just myself and haven't known you, but what question um, should I be asking that, that I just haven't quite asked?
1: Honestly, I think I, you, you've covered everything. If you haven't covered it, I probably had some long winded answers where I've gone on tangents, which I'm, I'm really passionate about how to get better at golf and how to help people get better at golf. Cause I think there's, I've talked with Brett I think there's a big market for it of, you know, besides like a swing coach of, you know, a a more strategy coach, or how do you take your skill set and play this course? And for me this week, finishing 20th or 30th, I'm going to go try and, I'm going to try and win the golf tournament. Can I do that? Probably not. Is it possible? Probably, but using the shots I'm good at and the shots I can actually repeat for this week, you know, 20th or 30th might be pretty good for me. I grinded I grind my tail off. We grind our tail off just to make the cut. So I think it's it's just really important to understand how you have to play golf courses according to your skill set and what shots you're good at. And I know that sounds really general, but when you go through a course with conditions changing, with grasses changing, pins, slopes, wind, lies, different temperatures, it makes a big difference. If it's 90 degrees out, if it's 70, I mean that matters. Um like I changed, for example, I, I was played at home last week and I put a new driver in play. It's got less loft and I was probably flying at 310, 315 if I really wanted to. But yesterday it was raining and high of 71 in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is extremely weird for August 1st or whatever the date might be. So I changed, I changed my driver and added a little more loft to where the I could get a little more launch. I can't swing as fast as I can when it's 90 degrees is when it's 70, I can't swing fast when it's 70. Um, a little moisture gets in between the ball and the club face, it's gonna have no spin and squirt right. So I need a little more loft, a little more spin. And we made the change today and I drove it phenomenally. I would not have made the cut if I didn't make a small change tweak with my driver. Um, and that, that was a big portion of why I played good today because I gave myself
2: I'm glad you mentioned that, man. Cause a lot of times I look at the mental game is, is our ability to make adjustments and to trust in those adjustments that we make. That's fantastic, man.
1: Um, um, I'm nuts yeah. with clubs. Like I have, I travel, my, my travel case is like 63 pounds with my golf clubs cool. and a lot of equipment. <laughs> I'm not as good at necessarily changing my swing. If I have to have a draw driver, I, I'm putting in a driver that draws, not, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. much I do. If I have to have a driver that cuts, I can't play my draw driver because it will not draw or it will draw. It will not cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's little things that I figured out. And I think I figured out and put something in play and I get burned. But is it really a failure? If I put something in and it doesn't work out, it's not a failure. It's just, I've learned in right. a sense. It's, it's weird to think about. It's so cliche, but I, I just, I think looking back at why I've been fairly successful at golf is I don't get too down on myself, and I just always I just always want to learn. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today? Tune in to kukoradio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station. playing nothing but hits.
1: Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at kukoradio.com. Mm-hmm.
2: It- so... I, I've got one more question there, Pro. Um, so, what we have a lot of parents, a lot of parents like reach out. I don't know how many parents really listen to it, but they're always listening to the golf episodes. What advice do you have for parents of golfers? Mm. What a loaded question.
1: Thanks. I've seen a, lot, seen a lot of parents that mess their kids up way more than they think they're helping them, and it's coming from a place of love. I know you see it all the time. Because, I mean, you want to help your kids, so you're going to want to try and help them. But, like, a lot of times you end up hurting them by pushing them too much, being too hard, not being so hard what,
2: enough. What, what, what do you mean by place of love?
1: Like, for example, talking about someone's putting. If you, if you oh, you're just such a good player, Jimmy. If you can just, we just got to get your putting better. Oh, Jimmy, if you just putt better and if you start to talk positively about their game but always mention they're a bad putter. they're a bad potter they're a bad potter well if they hear that over and over and over again whether it's true or not it's going to become true because they're going to start to believe it Mm -hmm. so instead like hey you know we've really we've really got to work on your putting let's make a plan let's you know let's just get better at this um and allowing kids to like play all kinds of sports growing up which is great rather than like focusing just on golf and they get burnout or they get injured. those are some of those maybe small things that I've seen, but it's, it's tough because golf just hard and parents want to help their kids coaches. You know, the parents send them to a coach and the coach wants to help them, but it's, that's part of the process that I'm, you know, maybe I get into a little bit when I'm done playing golf or I start to get into a little now, but I, I like helping people a lot more than I like playing golf. Um, and I know I'm not the only person that can benefit from what I've done for myself by how I play golf and how I think about golf and like small equipment changes and I'm making golf to make golf easier, not to make golf harder. Um, I think there's, I think there's a big market for that. Like I said, in, in professional golf and in amateur golf, junior golf, uh, you just getting the kids out there get them swinging hard, developing some fast switch muscles. You can straighten it out later, just having fun, you know, Clean up bad attitudes. Encourage your kids. Don't be hard on. Them. I mean, don't you know if they're just it's it's a fine line of um, wanting to love them and wanting to help them. I'm sure. And I I'm just recently knew a father of three months, so I'm not talking like I know everything. I don't. I don't. There's so much I don't understand. I thought I was gonna win this tournament on Tuesday, Wednesday I fell off the wagon and thought I would. There's no way I'm making the cut. Have a good practice session Wednesday. Now I think I can play good and win again. Thursday, I'm like, can't even think about making the cut. After today, I'm a good player again. I mean, it's all over right. the place. I'm I'm weird. I think everyone's that way a little bit. I'm fluctuating in confidence sometimes more than not, especially on a course like this where I've historically struggled. But I forget who said that. Maybe it was a, a Max you know, You're one swing away from winning the Masters or one swing away from you know, I'm never going to make a cut on the PGA tour again. And a lot of people are like that, but then you, is something wrong with me? No, I don't think anything's wrong with anybody. It's just how golf psychology works. And it's important to understand the trends and be like, okay, I think I'm a bad golfer, but you just keep completing the process and you bogey hole 11 and you're going to run off six birdies at some point. And we did.
2: I love it, man. Man, I'm so glad we were able to get this, and uh, thank you again for taking the time, Adam. Um, appreciate you, my man.
1: No, yeah, happy to come on, and I'd, I'd, uh, I'd love to do it again. Hopefully, we can get that first win sometime, and I'll, I'd love to come on and chat with you again. So you got it, buddy. Thank you very much.
0: To mental toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of mental toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.